Coming up, today's guest shares how he built partnerships with some of the biggest brands to help them grow their engagement and revenue through their AR platform. Also, you have to hear the story of how he bought Muhammad Ali's famous robe and sold it to his eventual business partner and mentor. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. AppRadar will save you time with their unified and connected ASO workflow and save you money with their Apple Search Ads team who will optimize your campaigns and increase your ROAS. Go to AppRadar.com to learn more. Looking for a platform to manage, optimize, and track your marketing campaigns all in one single dashboard? Well, more than 25,000 apps, including some of the biggest brands, have implemented Adjust's solutions, so you should too. Learn more at adjust.com slash appmasters. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to the app business. I talk to some phenomenal people, experts, really successful entrepreneurs. All I truly try to do is surround myself with brilliant people so that we can all and really like drill into them so that we can all collectively learn from them. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest, very seasoned entrepreneur, very successful entrepreneur, let me introduce the guest. His name is Alan Paul Silverstein. He is the CEO and president at Imagination Park Technologies. You can learn more about them and their AR technology at imaginationpark.com or check out their app, Imagine AR on your favorite app store. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate you reaching out to us and very excited to be on it. Alan, I know you're a well-known speaker. You speak with a lot. Give us like the best. I know you told me a bunch of bullet points, but I want to know the best story that you got from your entrepreneurial career because you've done so much. Well, you know, it, I don't know if that's a badge. I think every entrepreneur has to go through their road and their journey to get ultimately where they're going to go and pick yourselves up from the failures and, and keep on going. And it's it's been quite a journey for years. Uh, one of the stories, there's a couple, I mean, one of the stories that I, I always rehash also in entrepreneurism is you never end up in the business you expect to. And actually one business I, I did do is, uh, I was one of the original founders of pioneers, we'll say of a uh, half dozen of us who started the phone card industry here in North America. And that all started by accident. But what actually financed that is I owned the Muhammad Ali robe that he wore in the Zaire fight against Foreman. Uh, and actually invested all the money I ever had to purchase it. And it was back when uh, baseball cards were big, and that was about to go out of business, and I had a baseball card business. And someone called me and said, oh, do you do sports? And I said, yeah, I do cards. He said, no, I have something that you may want, but you have to go immediately now to go get it. Uh, and he said it has something to do with Muhammad Ali and boxing, and I had no idea of anything about boxing. I did knew, obviously, Muhammad Ali. So I quickly grabbed my stuff and it actually went down to where Malcolm X was shot in New York City, where back then really wasn't the safest place to be walking around all the time and nonetheless with any money. So I actually cleaned out my what I could out of my account at that moment and ran down there and met a what we call the local pharmaceutical dealer 
on a corner. And then he took me uh, with his posse, which looked like the New York Giants front offensive line. <laughs> and we walked around a bit and ended up in a walk up and went up the stairs and it was all graffiti and it was really, you know, a low economic area and banged on the steel door. And we kind of rushed in because I was in the front and they all just rushed in and they took me with me. Sort of like those cartoons when you put your feet up. And there was an elderly gentleman sitting in the corner and uh, they put a seat in front of him, had me meet him. But ultimately what came out of it after the gentleman started talking is he moved and he, he took out a garbage bag and dropped it on the floor in front of me. And out came the robe that Muhammad Ali wore, the famous one the Zaire government gave him for the rumble in the jungle against Foreman. And also actually another robe was in there, which turned out to be the Quarry 2 robe. So I actually purchased the robes. I cleaned out my account. And at that point, I had nothing left. I had mortgage due, I, I had expenses, but I owned two robes and I quickly tried to figure out how to turn them around and turn into money. So uh, in New York, I went to Grand Central, people familiar, the Hudson News stand, went there, looked at all the boxing magazines and started writing down phone numbers, started dialing all the people in the back that were listed, whether they boxing dealers, boxing this, trying to figure out who to sell it to. And ultimately one magazine I still remember, Fistic Fury said, give me your name, I might know someone. And three, four days later, where I still had no leads, no money, I got a call. And the gentleman was like, hi, is this uh, Alan Paul Silverstein? Yes. This is Shelly Finkel. Do you know who I am? I said, no, our name sounds familiar. I don't know. Right. He said, I'm a Vander Holyfield's manager. Ultimately, we did a deal for the phone for the rope. He purchased it. And he ended up financing the phone card business. And we worked together. And he, because he had the heavyweight champ of Vander Holyfield, Pernell Whitaker, other famous boxers, Ultimately, we took the company from where it is together and we took it to NASDAQ in about three years, which was pretty cool. And we did phone card because of his relationships. We did cards with Marvel Entertainment, Major League Baseball, Mickey Mantle before he passed, National Hockey League and uh, Jim, Jimmy Hendricks to stay and a ton of them. So it's a pretty cool story because you never expect it from a rogue to end up in the phone card industry and then end up in NASDAQ. And that was in my late 20s. I love it. I love, and I love the story because it talks about like all the hustle that you do as an entrepreneur and you never know what that hustle is going to get you. Like you don't know what that point is going to look like, but you said, Hey, I'm going to risk this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to call up everybody in the freaking phone book that I could possibly <laughs> find. And then he ends up being your business partner. Ended up being a business and a mentor for me. And it's always important for entrepreneurs to find the mentor. And with someone like him who is, again, world-renowned in boxing, he's actually in the Boxing Hall of Fame these days also. But you learn a lot, right? Because we have all go through our ups and downs as he did in his career and used to teach me and actually took me around. And it's really good because, you know, as they always say, the gray hair, the experience of the balding head always brings a little bit of wisdom because we've been through it. So it kind of helped out. And he really helped teach me how to communicate how to negotiate deals very well, how to read contracts. So it really became a main point in my life. And But who knew that started from the baseball career business to the robe to doing phone cards, right? And never did those before and ended up growing the industry, uh, growing in the industry significantly. So I've taken those lessons as you go forward and you use them. And it's always important, as you said, Oh, one door closes, one opens. Always be open to the conversations. When I speak to entrepreneurs and even for myself, I always remember you never end up in the business you originally intend to. It just wasn't that way. When I started with the phone cards, I was walking the streets in New York, banging on doors in the immigrant neighborhoods in Queens, trying to sell cards just for people to use, not with licenses. And it was working, but it wasn't working great at all. Couldn't couldn't really eat, was sleeping on couches and really dedicated to try to make it work. Ultimately, with Shelly, we were able to get licenses and then turned it into a licensed phone card business. And I think that's an important for entrepreneurs. Remember, you, you know, you know, Steve, with Twitter, 
how that started, everything started differently and came in and evolves. And you just got to be open and, as they always say, be ready to pivot and jump on opportunities and move quickly. What gets you keep? What makes you keep going when you're sleeping on couches, when you may not see the light at the end of the road? You don't know what that's going to be like. What makes you keep going? It's There's a few things. One is everyone thinks you're crazy, so you're sitting in your mind looking in the mirror, so I know I'm not crazy, so you keep talking to yourself a lot saying, I can't be, I know it's going to work. <laughs> Uh, and each business. And even today, when you look at AR, where it's starting to take over, originally starting to take Imagination Park to AR was something that I just saw. It, it felt like it was going to be something significant a couple of years ago and turned the company from being a content company focused on movies. But you're committed to it. You see it and you work endless. And it's, you know, everyone always says, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's no difference in work and family balance. And I'm lucky enough to have a wife who understands when I work 80, 100 hours a week, pretty much on a regular basis and understands that dedication helps and support. And that's important as well as have that support system. But once you do it, you see it, you're committed, but be open to change the models you go forward. You know, each step you, you talk to people, always surround yourself with people a lot smarter than you. People have a lot more experience and be open to their input because there are great ideas, the smart people around. And I always look in from an entrepreneurial standpoint, always surround yourself with people a hell of a lot smarter than you. And that's the best way to go about it to be and try to be successful. That's frankly what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Just surround myself with a lot of intelligent people. Hey, Alan Paul. So like where let's talk about this because you said, you know, it's some, you started Imagination Park as something else. So let's talk about where it started from and then where it is now. So Imagination Park originally was a small public company. It was uh, with a group. One of the founders back then was Gabriel Napora, really focused on content. They were looking out to license content in the movie business and resell it to Hollywood. Unfortunately, the company is a public company. That's not a good business to be in because it's more of a lifestyle business. And you really you got to report back to stockholders every 90 days, although our stockholders kind of check in on a daily basis. Because, again, they're public. They've invested their money. It's important for them to understand what's going on and where the business is going. Uh, and then we had a board of advisor who actually did a lot of work with Microsoft and kind of brought up the potential opportunity of the HoloLens. And at that point, it kind of looked at Imagination Park and said, you know what? I believe the AR and the first generation of HoloLens, there's a big future there. But not in the lens. It's in the mobile space because the world wasn't ready for it. So we originally started development in the lens, quickly pivoted very fast to everything mobile. We've invested an enormous amount and really took the content, moved it to the side and made AR as our focus and really AR and the ability to deliver any type of content in AR. You see Snapchat, they've got the rainbows, they've got the bunny ears and all these great things and entrepreneurs are doing wonderful things with AR. We're focused on a transactional opportunity, the ability to deliver things such as a video, an MP4, a PNG, a JPEG, any type of AR experience. And then we have that content background from the movies to create for our clients some amazing engagements and interactions, whether it be in, in, in animation or even in real physical you know, movies or kind of real-time interaction for augmented reality through the mobile phone. And when everything goes forward and ultimately we get back to the lens opportunity in a significant way, we've built this in Unity so it has a, the agnostic hardware capability to be then transitioned. And everyone keeps talking, Steve, as you know, they're all like, we're going to end up in the minority for Tom Cruise in the future. And that's what I think everyone's positioning is where it's going to go. So I kind of saw it coming. We're in the in the trenches now. Everyone is trying to make a living, pushing hard, trying to get those use cases, proof of concepts. And I'm seeing a significant turn in the last, I'd say this year, the last three, four months 
that AR is really becoming tremendous amount of interest to people out there, brands, companies. We focus on sports as well and live events to leverage AR to get their message out, to get their communication and engage and activate their consumers. I know you've worked with some amazing partners, some really big partners. What's sort of like the sell? Like what gets them excited about it? Because it's still, <laughs> still fairly new. Yeah, AR is new, and when you talk to them, there's a few things. Obviously, you have to believe in what you're selling, right? You have to have a passion and commitment, and that's important, and you got to believe in it because if you don't, it's going to come across pretty quickly to anyone. And normally when we talk to people, most of it is the, the key decision maker, whether it be the president, the other CEO, or senior people who are putting their money and their decision on it and their reputation. So it's important to communicate that and then always, always go over the top on customer service. So. What I believe is in AR, we know there's a way to activate and engage people through mobile phones. Everyone's living with their phones day in and day, in, day out. They live with it. They sleep with it. Take it to dinner. What better way to engage people, interact, a call to action, leveraging AR in a mobile phone? We see AR as the next interactive digital communication channel. And that's what we communicate to whether it's the sports teams, the brands, or the companies, or we close, we're working with the Basketball Hall of Fame on their program for using it for fundraising. It's a great tool, but giving them the confidence that you're going to work together, deliver it, and help them along the way. And that's what we do is over-service. We work with them closely and make sure together that it is successful. And you got to do what it takes to do it, whether it's answering calls at midnight and or in the weekend, whatever it takes to deliver, ensure they know you're there to help make it a success. Are you using just your internal connections to get to build these relationships with these big brands, or what's what's been your what's your yeah, advice yeah, to those who want to? That's a good question, Steve. And networking and relationships are important, and you do hear that a lot, you know. And we're not in Silicon Valley. We're not a San Francisco company. We we're a headquarters in Vancouver. We have an office up in Toronto. I work out outside of Pittsburgh. We have someone in New York, someone in Arizona. So we're spread out. And yes, we're experienced. I've got the former VP of the Miami Marlins of baseball sports, tremendous reputation in the world, the world of sports for many years. I have someone in New York, my VP of sales, big background in brands, and we leverage that. But you know what? For Microsoft, we're a Microsoft uh, global partner, a co-sell partner for Azure Cloud. We're a full Microsoft stack in AR. I actually went on to LinkedIn and send a cold call email to Steve Guggenheim, who then forwarded me to Nancy Lee, who heads up the HoloLens 2 project. And we did a full demo to Nancy and her team. And that's how we actually became a partner. Now we're a co-sell partner literally within 90 days. So wow. that was from a cold email in LinkedIn. You're still doing that, huh, Alan Paul? You're like, hey, I'm yeah. still, still going to hustle out there. <laughs> you know, if you believe in your product and you have the commitment you should be able to communicate and have the confidence to do it. And you know what? I always, when I hire salespeople, I also say, I always look, did you ever do cold calling? Because it's not necessarily the way to build a business, but it gives people a certain amount of confidence because you get rejected 99% of the time. Things don't work. So you get someone who understands how to communicate, get the rejection, but keep on driving, keep the passion, explain and keep the excitement in. I think personally, we've been doing a ton of augmented reality demos to uh, various businesses. I think we're up to 250 in the last 90 days, and I have done a huge amount of those as well. I love it. The From the like integration perspective, is it an app that comes out of it that the partner uses, or is it through Imagine AR? So 
Imagine AR, and originally we were Xenoplay, but we renamed it to Imagine AR, which will be out in the mobile app stores when people are listening to this. It is an app in both Android and Apple, and that's how you experience it as the engagement, the fan and the sports teams, whether the consumers. But we actually have a cloud solution where the content gets loaded up to. It's all menu-driven, and it is dynamic. We have the Microsoft Azure managing the the actual content for us, which can be changed with the menu system every hour, every day, any week, whenever you want. So it can dynamically deliver to the phone. And then the mobile phone is how someone experiences it. But we actually have also an app to create the AR experiences. Since mobile phone is how people are going to experience, that's the best way to set it up, whether it's by location GPS, by visual marker, by you know pointing at a, a logo or an image for computer vision to kick it in. So we give two mobile apps, one for the business to set up to actually deliver the experience. And then on the other side is one for the consumer to actually experience it, which would be Imagine AR. And the cloud manages all the content, which could be preloaded or ongoing dynamically loaded as well with any type of content, not just animation, FBX files, PNGs, JPEGs, videos, green screens, whatever, to be leveraged for an AR engagement. Got it. So is Imagine AR just like a sort of a distribution platform for some of your partners? It is, and it's a way for them to engage the consumers. And when we provide the AR activation, the other thing we do when we when we provide those activations is immediately deliver a reward card during the activation as well. So if I'm looking at, for example, working with the Erie Seawolves, which is the Detroit Tigers minor league team, they have the number one draft choice from last year, Casey Mize, very, uh, very talented young man. So they'll film him on green screen. And what they do is they'll also run a sweepstakes and a scavenger hunt all around him in the ballpark for families and, and for the fans. So when the fan comes, they'll take the mobile app. They'll be able to go around and do the scavenger hunt, similar again to the Pokemon Go kind of scavenger hunt. You get hint cards. And as they engage the AR, maybe it's a picture of him. Maybe it's a sponsored message there. They'll get a reward card, which could be a coupon as well, or an enter in a sweepstakes or an info card or any digital collectible right to the reward wallet built into the app. So it's a pretty unique approach, and they can use that, again, for engaging the fan and engaging people. Brands can use it for consumers as well. It's all about gamification, right? And that's the key, and that's the excitement about AR these days. You know, Pokemon Go, we all know, was the spearheaded app that started in June 2016, and I believe it's done close to $3 billion. And this summer, uh, probably when you're listening to this, the Wizards Unite version will be coming out as well from that. That's going to take our to the, AR to the next level. Everyone's all about it. But behind the scenes, all the vendors such as ourselves, we're not only creating the app, we're looking to see what's going to be the browser standard. So I don't work just in one silo of an AR app, but I can have another AR app and we both can look at the same AR experience in an open kind of browser environment and experience it together, that AR activation. And that is something the industry is working on together as well to kind of build the standard. So all of a sudden we can almost have a secondary sharing environment of AR overlaying the real world, which in the article in Wired, there's one called Mirror World, is the exact duplicate of what's going on in the real world will be in digital for everyone to engage and interact with. When you say browser, like help me understand this. Like I don't under fully understand what you mean by AR browser. So there's a couple of ways AR is going to be implemented. One is there's something called web AR, which means I'm on the web and I'll see 2D and 3D objects, which are transitioned to 3D objects, and I have the ability without a mobile app to see that on my screen. 
But when I look in the real world, what I want is you actually have three points, X, Y, and Z. You have height, distance, where you could put objects. In AR, it's called also something like spatial anchoring, to place it somewhere so it's there. So if I leave an AR experience at a specific place, someone can come by maybe with their app and share that engagement as well, and someone come by. And it's kind of a community-building opportunity with AR, where as I'm walking around with our app, Imagine AR, if there's other AR that's near your location that has been produced by another vendor, client, or business that works with us, you'll get a notification, say, hey, there's AR over here. And you'll hit a button, and it'll place it right in front of you. You can engage with that. So in a sense, you're crossing over the AR ability seeing what's all around you in the physical world as you engage and interact and move around. What's the win for the, for the user? Like besides just the fun of it and putting, being able to place different AR elements into the real world, what, what gets them coming back? Well, that's the key, right? So there's a couple of things. One is we focus AR on call to action. So when you see what the, what the win is, well, if you look at some of our clients, it's the ability to win prizes, the scavenger hunt, within entering to win a prize. We actually have a built-in scoreboard so people can compete against each other. So if I had a live event or sport event, I can have people competing against each other to win a prize. So they have that ability. Second is the ability to deliver coupons for retail stores. Amazon has taken over the world of online. We all know that. It's become the vending machine, right, for everything. So all these retail stores, the malls, they're looking for ways to engage customers and shoppers. What better way than use AR where people are walking around the phone and as I'm walking around, boom, I can get discounts provided right to my phone. I can see a, a video of how that specific item works or about the designer who created it or some interaction. And while I'm looking at it, I've got, again, a coupon, a discount, enter into win a sweepstakes. Or I can have the ability to have AR games within physical spaces as well that are enclosed like shopping malls. So the win is to win that stuff, have that engagement, share it socially, but also there is ultimately a financial payoff. And that's the area Imagination Park Technology focuses on, is giving retail business locations the ability to interact with the consumer, reward them for being there with the phone, and build that relationship that they can come back again and say, hey, that was great, let me come back and do another scavenger hunt, maybe I can win more discounts, more prizes, enter sweepstakes and have a little bit more fun in that environment, in that neighborhood. If I was one of those retail shops, Alan Paul, like would I be able to integrate your technology within my, my own app? Yes, you can do it. We have a couple of ways to do it. We have built a platform. We felt that AR should be able to be built by anyone. So we built this enormous platform that is going towards this. Basically, it's a self-service platform. You can load your own content. You have the ability to create your own AR experiences. So if I have a mobile app, I could tie it in to do the AR experiences. We did the Mall of America this past Christmas. They actually did something similar, like I said, the Pokemon, the scavenger hunt, where it was a holiday experience where you go around the mall. They had an existing app and they tied to us where people would click on it and say, hey, click on here for the holiday AR experience. It would open up our app, private labels for them, which then allow people to go around, do the scavenger hunt, win prizes get coupons, and then enter into a sweepstakes to win, I believe it was a gift card. So it could tie in either through a button or we white label our app as well. There's a number of organizations we're talking to now that want to take our app, Imagine AR, and just white label with their branding, which we will do for them as well. That's awesome. The From a distribution standpoint, well, just Imagine AR being sort of like a marketplace, how do you, you know, I have a lot of marketplace experience, a lot of the startups I used to work for before I did my own thing, they're all marketplaces. 
How do you approach a marketplace? Do you go after the brands or do you go after the users who's gonna, who are going to be using Imagine AR? You know, when you look at AR right now, the field, there's a couple areas, Snapchat, Facebook, they're at the user area, allowing people to have that facial, you know, filters, that kind of enjoyment, which is awesome. And it's great. But it's not driving the business, the revenue, the channels of distribution for organizations that a you want retails, you want to get people in that store and have them engage and buy stuff. That's the area we focus on sports. They're looking for ways to get millennials into the stadiums, arenas, explore around it and engage them, not have people just come in there, sit maybe take some selfies and leave. And obviously, you know, in San Francisco, you got the Golden State Warriors. There's a lot of teams and organizations and sports that aren't as lucky that don't get those filled crowds all the time. How do you engage them? AR is a way to engage them in that facility. You activate them, you give them some games, you do some AR, some couponing to merchandise concessions, maybe do an e-digital collectible card hunt throughout the whole place. That's the kind of stuff we look. So we focus on the business channels for that, allowing them to then go after their target audience, whether it's fans in a sports team, for a retailer, it's for people shopping, for the Basketball Hall of Fame, they're going after their donors for fundraising. Each one has a mission, and they're looking for a new way to engage, and they know mobile phone is certainly the best access level to get to people, and that's why AR is starting to get a tremendous amount of excitement out there. We're talking to museums, we're talking to brands, but again, we focus on that rather than the users, and they will deliver the experience to the users and engage them using our platform. And yet we make it extraordinarily economical. They don't need a programmer. They don't need a technical resource. They literally can create an AR experience in minutes and manage it themselves. Love it. I know. It's like the hack. Like Go after one so that you can get many. That's it. And you're helping them build their business. And we've got to help build that backbone. And we focus on the retail side, the physical location, sports, live events. I'm speaking at uh, Industry Show at the uh, the end of June that was focused on the sports industry as a disruptor, leveraging AR to engage the fans. That's the thing we want to do, get involved with and work with them, specifically on doing location and physical world AR. And recently we just acquired a patent portfolio And one of the key patents we were looking at and why we acquired it is it's focused on character game interaction in AR. So as you travel around to certain locations, based on a GPS location, the story changes in AR and allows people to take the storyline to a new area, all within augmented reality. And we have that patent now as well. I love it. I think sports is going to be huge because you're starting to see that, you know, unlike the Warriors, they're they're like an oddball, but... A lot of people are like, and me personally, I prefer to watch it from home. It's a lot more fun. And so like getting people inside the stadium, like what else can we do besides watch a game? Because our TVs are so nice that we can see all the different angles. So what else can you do with that in stadium experience? Exactly. And it's multitasking, right? When you sit at home, you're on your phone, you're on your computer, you're doing this, you're watching a game. When you go to a game, now you're at the seat and they've got to drive, you know, they've got big salaries, they have expenses, they have to drive consumers not only get in there but to engage around the stadium or the arena. They call that like the neighborhood. We want you, they want people to go around, visit the areas, purchase stuff and enjoy it. And that's why you're seeing us change in the stadiums and the venues now where they're getting the restaurants around them. I know Texas is building a new one with a whole area around it. And even out by the Golden State, they're building a new arena with lots of stores and creating that environment that is not just game, but a whole area is a destination that I can eat at, drink at, be entertained, and simultaneously then go to the game and enjoy that. And AR is a way to overlay that engagement 
and also capture that information. Get the email address, what they're activating, deliver coupons, delivering experiences, and give people a fun reason to get out of their home and interact using their mobile phone. So true. Anything I miss that you want to make sure we cover? Well, hey, you know, we're a public company. I always say that. It's rare to find an AR company that's public, and we are. We're on the Canadian Exchange. I think uh, we have a tremendous future ahead of us. We feel we're significantly undervalued. We're a Microsoft partner. Uh, we're, we're winning some good deals. We continue to announce stuff, and I think we're very advanced in the way we've approached AR. We've got some patents, so we'd love people to take a look at us. We're interested in strategic partners, so if anyone's out there and wants to do something in AR strategically, we're open to it. You can certainly reach us by going to imaginationpark.com. Take a look at the stock. We always look for new investors who are going to take the ride with us in the world of AR, and we're excited to participate and have people join the AR community with us. And I appreciate you, Steve, as well, giving us the opportunity to communicate to your audience. And I thank you very much for that as well. Awesome, Alan Paul. We're not quite done yet. I've got two more questions for you before during the big finish. But before we get there, I do want to thank my sponsor. Look, Alan Paul. Alan Paul, if you wanted to drive more downloads for Imagine AR besides just using your partners, well, I would recommend go checking out App Radar. They're going to help you figure out what the right keywords are, whether it's AR browser, whether it's just AR in general. How do you find these keywords that people are looking for? And how do you optimize your app name, your subtitle, your keywords for all that? And the cool thing is it is all for free. They got a free plan that will outdo any of the other ASO tools out there their paid plan. They give you over 200, they give 200 keywords. You can track up to two apps and you can use all their tools, get all the data on the keywords for absolutely free. It's a brand new tool. I talked to the founder, Thomas. He said, look, we want our free plan to be better than anybody else's paid plan. And they've certainly done just that. So if you're ready to get started, go check them out. It is appradar.com. Put in their little online chat that you just heard it on this podcast, but go sign up for that free plan. Start using their ASO tools, and I'll guarantee, I'll bet you, I, can't, I don't know if I can guarantee it because you got to know some of the hacks out there, but I will bet that you will get a ton out of it, and you will find some keywords that will help you grow your downloads. So once again, it is appradar.com. Alan Paul, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app besides Imagine AR that we should definitely check out. <laughs> I think they should listen to your podcast, Steve, and I think that's that would be awesome. Well, thank you. They're already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, with all the stuff I do in business and I live podcasts and I do work a lot of hours – I do take my time and I do spend my time on Reddit every now and then as well. I enjoy reading it. I love reading the news on it. There's some good tech stuff on it. So I do have the opportunity that I do go on Reddit on a regular basis when I have some downtime to take a look at that and read the stories on it. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? The, the, you know what? It's, it's hard to build a business with an empty checkbook. Promises and agreements and, and people shaking hands are great. But without money in the bank, you're not going anywhere. And too many people try to hit home runs on their deals. You know, there's many businesses out there and you're always counting on that big deal. I coach a lot of sports with my kids and I used to say, you know what? It's the small ball that wins the championships, the singles, the bunts, playing things well. That's what you got to do right in business. It's the everyday small things that work. If you get a home run, that's great. Move on. But don't spend your time looking to try and get that big acquisition or that big deal, the big that always work on the small ones. They'll eventually catch up to you. You'll eventually start building the business and then start building that recurring revenue. And I think that's the most important lesson is watching that cash flow, making sure money comes in 
and focus on the small things because that'll get you to the big I, big leagues. Well said. I couldn't agree anymore. The website, if you guys want to check them out, is imaginationpark.com and the app in your favorite app stores is called Imagine AR. Alan Paul, if the audience wants to follow up with you personally, you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, yeah, they can actually email me direct as well. I have no issue with that. Do I give them my email address right there? Go for it. Absolutely. They can email me direct at Alan Paul, A-L-E-N-P-A-U-L at imaginationpark.com. Uh, you can also get us on Twitter at at IP Tech AR, which is Imagination Park Tech AR. So you can get us there. But certainly you can reach us that way. And uh, I answer all my emails. So certainly go for it. If you've got any questions, comments, strategic opportunities, just want to chat or you want to compare stories, I'm always up for it. Awesome. Well, all that will be linked up into the show notes. Alan Paul, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Absolutely. And I thank you for letting me talk to you and reach out to your audience. We're excited about it. We're not a San Francisco Silicon Valley company, but I think we've got a pretty advanced AR platform. And thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to let everyone know about our company, Imagination Park Technology. I absolutely loved all your stories. And to the audience, thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.